0: And everybody, Mighty Smart Guy Matt Sapali here, healing to you from Dallas, Texas. And welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Goals Podcast, here episode 19, one nine, baby. Here joining me in the studio is my co host, Protra Train, and my boy, What's going on, Milton. How you doing, brother?
1: It's a great Monday, man. We are 13 subscribers away from hitting our first thousand. Yo,
0: man, 19 yeah. episodes in and close to a thousand subscribers. We appreciate you for support. Uh, Listen, guys, we are talking about faith, finance, fitness from a biblical perspective of how to approach areas and aspects of our life. And we're glad that you are all vibing to this message when we promise you we're only going to get better. Uh, So uh, in this episode, we got a bunch of topics here, uh, such as the exact six-figure salary that Gen Z and millennials need to feel like they've made it. We've got the Bible cure for healing from trauma. We got uh, what you need to be doing as a parent to help your children grow. It's an interesting specific uh, topic here that I think a lot of people have looked over because of technology. And also we're gonna be reacting to a bunch of videos here. And in, in other words, uh, these are our first reactions, first look at these videos. So you and I are watching for the very first time getting our, our genuine, authentic reactions to some of these videos. So. Uh, why don't we jump into that let's Let's take a look at some of these videos here so the first one here the uh uh um steve harvey video uh jordan if you could please about getting away from your family members what does he mean by that get away from these people that's in your life that ain't doing nothing get away from people in your life that's hate
1: get away from your family members that ain't ever opened a business get away from your family members that ain't ever followed their dreams Get away from your family members. Ain't never been
0: nowhere but to the family reunion. Get away from them. Get away from them. I had to do it. When I told everybody I was getting into comedy, man,
2: oh, Lord, have mercy. You can't get into comedy. You ain't even funny. How you gonna make money telling jokes?
0: Now, in the beginning, it looked like they was right, but I never gave up. That's it, man. That's it, because he was a big thinker. Yeah. You know, small, small thinkers will think about the worst case. The bigger thinkers will think about what if, what if. And so, uh, you know, I've had to go through this process myself. Everybody that's achieved any level of success financially, in their career, their business, whether you're a celebrity, somebody that's in the business world, you had to get through some form of separation of the people that you were raised with, the people that you grew up with, your family members, because of them trying to talk you down out of your dreams. My Marines told me, hey, Sapola, so all you know how to do is be a United States Marine. What do you know about finance? Did you just, just file bankruptcy a year ago? Did you just file, file for a divorce? Aren't you a single dad? Three? What the heck do you know about money? Well, guess what? 23 years later, 23 years later, here we are. And so, I stuck with my decision, and a lot of people stuck with their decision, but my decision was to also separate myself from people who were thinking about small things, small endeavors. What are your thoughts about this, brother?
1: Same exact thing, man. I, uh, when I started my business in 2020 during the pandemic, all my friends, not one single person said, hey, I'm rooting for you. I'm going, I believe that you can do it. I believe you can actually make it. Every single person offered me a job saying, hey, you got furloughed. You need to get a job, Milton. There's no way in how you're going to make it. You know nothing about business. You didn't even graduate college. You went to two trade schools. You have no idea on finance. You went to Proviso West High School. They didn't teach you shit about finance or business. There's no way in hell, Milton. You're going to put your family through this. You're going to put your, your legacy through this. Are you really going to put yourself in a position where you're going to not not be able to meet the goal that you're trying to achieve? It's too hard, too difficult. You can't do it. Just stop thinking outside of the box.
0: And it's hard to do that because your identity is yeah. so much of who you grew up with. Your identity is the people yeah. that you love and care about. But your purpose yeah. is different than your identity. One thousand percent. And so when you, when you look, at, we're, we've been reading this book here. We're, I'm rereading this book here. All of our guys, is our book of the month, Magic of Thinking Big. Uh, right here in chapter, uh, excuse me, page 14, it says, it's all about belief. Belief is a thermostat that regulates what we accomplish in life. He who believes he is unimportant, so everything he does has an unimportant mark. Mm. As time goes by, the lack of belief in himself shows through the way the fellow talks, walks, and acts. Now, look across the way at the person who is advancing forward. He believes he is worth much. He receives much. He believes he can handle big, difficult assignments, and he does. Everything he does, the way he handles himself with people, his characters, thoughts, his viewpoints, all say, here is a professional. Here is an important person. That's what you got to think about your purpose, man. And so in that process, as much as now we say to cut them loose and forget about them. I mean, you still show up to the barbecues.
1: Yeah, it's good food.
0: Still show up to the, the family gathering, But this doesn't necessarily mean if you are on purpose. I mean, you're there all day. Yeah. You know, so uh, let's go to the next video. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is a billionaire and it's not from acting. Let's take a look at this.
2: Ryan Reynolds is now a billionaire, but it's not from acting. It's from this one thing that he calls fast advertising. And it's brilliant. He just sold Mint Mobile for 1.35 billion. Two years before he sold Aviation Gen for 610 million. And then last year he bought a soccer club for two and a half million bucks, turned it into $4 million with one documentary. What he basically does is he bought a digital marketing company, and he said, for all the companies that I buy, you're going to take whatever's happening in the news, and you're going to immediately create ads surrounding it for my companies. So when that Peloton chick was in the ad where her husband bought her an exercise bike and everybody was freaking out, within 48 hours, Ryan's company had casted, script, and shot an ad for his company drafting off this little story that was happening in the news. The secret to Ryan's success isn't that he has millions of followers online, it's that he took attention and fast execution and put them together to create billion dollar brands. Something we could probably all learn from.
0: And I know some of you guys are thinking, oh, it's so lucky, you know, he's an actor, he's got paid millions and millions of dollars. Well, listen, if you look at, um, uh, Jordan, can we take a look at my screen here real quick? I, I just Googled really quickly his list of movies. He's been in movies since 1993. Ordinary Magic, Alarmist, Coming Soon, Dick, Bottleneck, Alive, Finder's Fee, National Lampoon's Van Wilder, Buying the Cow, The In-Law's is Harold and Kubar goes. So look at, all the, look at all these movies he's been involved in. Okay? I can go on and on and on. Basically a movie every other year. He's got a movie every other year, some every year. 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. Multiple movies. A year. A year. Jesus. Because now he's getting momentum. So here is just one movie every other year, right? One, one gig, another gig, two gigs. Here, three gigs, three uh, uh, two in 2000, uh, one in 2001, two in 2002, two, two in 2003, two in 2004, three in 2005. Henryville we have you ever seen that movie, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't fond of it. Yeah, exactly. One in 2006, 2007, three in 2008, five, what, four? 2009, 2010? Three in 2011, stacking movies on top of it. He's got momentum, but it's going back to when? 1993. This is, this is a 30-year career. And, and one thing I want to caution people is don't confuse this guy's chapter 35 with your chapter one. He became a billionaire because he's been at this for a minute. Yeah. And by the way, I, I'm a big fan of Deadpool. Talk about dark humor, huh? <laughs> it's, God, it's, it's nuts. But he's become a billionaire, not as an actor. Think about this. He used acting as a financing vehicle to get him to invest in other things. Now, I don't know Ryan Reynolds personally, but these are moves that are indicative of somebody that makes money instead of blowing it, instead of trying to show to be somebody that he's not. Materialism, et cetera, et cetera. He used that acting money as a springboard to get him to be a billionaire, to to invest in these brands today. So... That's what you do with your money, savers and investors, and you create that one thing. And some sometimes people think I need to create multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income. Well, this guy dedicated himself to acting and making and making money in movies in Hollywood, but he used that money to reinvest that back into businesses, into ownership. He played as an actor to make the money, but he thought like an owner the whole time through. Milton. Talk
1: about living below your means. All right, now I just uh, went online and I typed in. And again, I, I could be completely wrong. This is based on paparazzi stuff, right? What kind of car does Ryan Reynolds actually drive? This man drives a 2014 uh, Cadillac Escalade. You would think that a lot of people, especially nowadays, a lot of these kids nowadays, you know, they make some form of change or people who, who aren't uh, really um, financially aligned with what they should be doing or what their future actually should have mm-hmm. for, them, for them, right? What was one of the first things he one of my friends he made a quarter million dollars maybe about two years ago because he became a lawyer. Yeah. Right now he's maybe about three fifty a year. The f- the first year he blew it all on 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 luxurious vehicles, going out popping bottles, yeah, uh, buying Rolexes, sure. buying top of the line shoes, yeah, Bro, lines, I was right there so.
0: too. I was there too. I don't blame him, man. I get him.
1: First year. <laughs> yeah. This man's driving around in two thousand fourteen Cadillac Escalate. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. You don't you don't see that you don't see this guy stunting on on social media with him. Actually, I actually follow I actually follow him on, on Instagram, and you rarely see him posting anything that's glamorous. He's, you rarely see that. He's in the grind. He's in the grind. Yep. He's mainly, always, he's always consistently doing his, uh, he's always on the set, on his stories. He's always with with his family. He's always doing something that doesn't really show, oh, I made a money, even though we all know that he is.
0: Um, For those of you that know Ryan Reynolds, yeah. let us know. Have you worked with him to some extent? Have you worked with him in Hollywood? Have you worked with him in his businesses? What is this guy like? Maybe that's the guy we need to interview here on the podcast. Ryan Reynolds, salute to you, another billionaire because he reinvested that money back into business. Uh, Jessica Alba, same thing too, yeah. became a billionaire because she reinvested, reinvested her money from, from entertainment into businesses. Uh, again, we're watching this movie with Patrick, Bed David in a couple of days, Air, we're watching Air, uh, a bunch of us, we're renting out a movie theater, Patrick is hosting this thing, we're watching an Aaron unpacking the lessons learned in Air, which is the story of the Michael Jordan brand. Uh, At that time, Converse had over 50% market share. Every NBA player practically was wearing Converse. Uh, The other brand that people were wearing was Adidas because that was run DMC. It's right to rock around to rock around. That's right on top. It's tricky. Come on, bro. And then uh, the third one uh, was Nike. I had like a 17% market share. But first time ever in the history of sports marketing had an athlete had a shoe named after him. That's Air. Air Jordan. And the funny thing about this movie—not to give too many spoilers—but the funny part about that was through a heated debate and argument with Michael Jordan's representation, his agent, his lawyer, and the guy at Nike. They're having an argument, having an argument, an argument. Next thing you know, the guy uh, comes up with what are you gonna call it, Air Jordan? (laughs) You write that down, right? That was a good name. Now the shoes Air Jordan. But Michael made his money. Primarily playing basketball and he was telling tell the last da, last dance documentaries nothing would matter unless he performed on the basketball court Once he performed on the basketball court all of these opportunities opened up So find that one thing multiple streams of income happen after after you create this Amazon River of opportunity and It's mastering a subject just like Ryan Reynolds here mastered movies and uh, creating relationships in Hollywood so he can reinvest that money Congratulations to him um let's look at this uh, speaking of basketball speaking of sports let's look at uh, this next video here on uh Giannis A5 we call him A5 because A5. his last name how do you say his last name
1: bro I was watching the video right now <laughs> and I completely forgot
0: <laughs> anyway we say A5 because there's five syllables in Giannis's last name but uh, he's shutting down a reporter about failure let's take a look at this
3: you view this season as a failure Oh my God. He says, Do Do you you asked the, the same the question
2: last year. Eric, do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. No. Every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to... uh, Um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship.
0: That's attitude, man.
2: Steps to success, man. You know,
0: oftentimes people think that uh, just because you have a setback, you have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, that your endeavor is a failure. You've been failing and failing and failing over and over, saying yes. You think it's a failure. Uh, Speaking of Michael Jordan, uh, Jordan, can we take a look at uh, my screen here real quick? This is a poster. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. I succeed. See, there was actually a commercial back in the day. Yeah. You know, he, he wrote this in a very kind of like a very dramatic uh, type of video. But this is it. You call his career a failure. You know, we we always talk about doing one more, one more, one more, one more phone call. You know, one more appointment. You have a failure today. Uh, uh, one more meeting. Take take one more call. Go, go one more hour. You book 25 appointments, only f- three or four is going to confirm and show up. Invest one more hour. Keep going at it. You know, what do you t- tell me in in the, in in the gym? Bro, let's work it out to fail. What do you call that? AMRAP? AMRAP? AMRAP. As many reps as possible. As many reps as possible. As reps as possible. Basically, mm-hmm. it's forcing you to failure. To get past your certain threshold,
1: that lit- that glass ceiling that we all have for ourselves. Our
0: and and then your body grows because
1: yeah. of? Yeah, the tension that we're supposed to be putting on and the pressure. Attention and pressure, but obviously it's a combination of other things, but I I like this guy's attitude, man. You know, a lot of people, they they, they can consider those type of situations as failures because they've never failed in in anything in life. They've always been covered, they've always always been sheltered by either family or just the the path of life that they chose, but the people who've actually done something bigger, who are doing something, those are the people who are comfortable with with the idea of consistently failing forward. You know, there's a lot of people who fail and then they stop and that's a complete failure versus failing, not being able to achieve what you're trying to achieve, but continually moving forward, even if it's at a slower pace.
0: Yeah. I'm quoting this book again, Magic and Thinking Big. By the way, you guys got to read this book. Uh, he talked about two different guys in your brain. He talked about Mr. Defeat and Mr. Triumph. Mr. Defeat is, if Mr. Defeat in your brain is given more work to do, he adds personnel, and takes up more space in your mind. Eventually, he will take over the entire thought manufacturing division in your brain, and virtually all thought will be of negative in nature. The only wise thing to do is to fire Mr. Defeat. You don't need him. You don't want him around telling you that you can't, that you're not up to it, you fail, and so on. Mr. Defeat won't help you get to where you wanna go, so boot him up, you're fired. But Mr. Triumph, hire him 100% of the time. When any thought enters your mind, Ask Mr. Triumph to go work for you. He'll show you how you can succeed. And just like Mr. Defeat, he'll also recruit more people in that department. So if you're going out there, you say, Matt, you listen, to, to save my money, to invest my money in this endeavor, to be an entrepreneur, to become a first-generation cash flow manager." I'm failing at it, I'm failing at it, I'm failing at it. Okay, this is an opportunity for you not to quit. This is an opportunity for you to adjust. In the Marines, we talked about improvise, adapt, and overcome. This is your opportunity to get better. One guy left a... Uh, uh, a quote on my Instagram said, "Matt, if you've been doing at it, doing at it, I'm, I'm gonna follow you. But if you keep failing, now what? Well, just because you fail doesn't mean that's the end and all be all. Adjust. If you keep heading your head against the wall, look up, look for another way. Either go through the wall, go up the wall, around the wall, under the wall, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Uh, this is next video. Here. If you go to the gym, speaking of, speaking of failure." Let's go to this next video about going to the gym and working out and not seeing any results.
3: Come on baby. If you go to the gym and you work out and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. And if you go to the gym the next day and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. So clearly there's no results, can't be measured. It must not be effective. So we quit. Or if you fundamentally believe that this is the right course of action and you stick with it, you commit yourself to an act of service. You commit yourself to the regime, the exercise. You can screw it up, you can eat chocolate cake one day, you can skip a skip a day or two, but if you stick with it consistently, you'll start getting into shape. Going to the gym for nine hours does not get you into shape. Working out every day for 20 minutes gets you into shape. It's not about the events, it's not about intensity, it's about consistency.
0: Bro, I mean, it's, it's uh, talk to us about that one, take the lead on this one.
1: 1000%, you know, I, There's so so many options nowadays, Matt, especially with women. Actually, you know what? With both men and women. With men and women now, there's so many surgical procedures that all you need to do is pay 10, 15 grand up front. You lay on the table for two, three, four hours, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you come out skinny. Mm -hmm. Nice BBL, nice liposuction. There's chest implants. There's abdominal implants. There's calf implants. There's shoulder implants. There's all these implants that people are now looking into just so that way... there's a new surgery that came out, I think, maybe uh, last year or about two years ago. They, they've been um, uh, playing with it where men can actually get, uh, can increase in height by a couple inches wow. by getting their, 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 their legs done. What? I think it's like a, I think it's like a fifty to $70,000 procedure where you can actually grow about five, six inches, if Holy I'm not mistaken. Mo- so everything's so attainable now. Every, everything can just be at the grasp
0: of, of a reach. Bro, if you can spend fifty to $75,000 to increase two, three inches. That's the wrong place to increase. <laughs> it's the wrong place for you to be putting your money because, man, if you can put that type of money, chances are you got other money elsewhere. Exactly. And uh, a five-foot-four man, five-foot-five five man can stand taller than a six-foot guy you know, with that type of money.
1: And here's the thing. For, for the men who are even considering the, 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 that kind of procedure, you need to be able to also keep in mind that everything in your body needs to be aligned to each other. So if you're a five-foot-four dude with a... F- Five foot four, five foot four dude sized penis, and you decide to get up to five foot 6'0. foot oh, six oh. It's got to be proportional, it, 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 there's gonna be zero proportion. So, you're gonna, you're gonna be a six foot tall dude with a five foot four dude's penis. So, you need to be very mindful of those type of things as well. But it's the same thing, man. Like nowadays, with these with a lot of these students, they have uh, chat GDP, they have all these online sources mm-hmm. for them to be able to get the information they need. in and a clickable, a clickable button on, online on their phones or on their laptops. They're no longer going to books anymore. They're no yeah. longer reading. They're no longer studying. A thesaurus, I haven't heard that word in such a long period of time. Yeah. When is the last time you actually see people go to a library to actually yeah. get information when they they just have it in the palm of their hand? They yeah. pay a grand for this yeah. or they do monthly payments or for this. synonyms. Yeah. Done. Yeah. They, they get it there and the same thing for their for their for their, for their physiological health people don't want to put into work people want to get immediate results so obviously when and when it comes down to the gym and you go to a gym one day and you expect to see results it's not going to happen yeah. and you have that attitude it's going to be extremely hard for you to have that sustainable way of life
0: yeah you know it's uh 17 years i didn't work out after the military and um it built up a bunch of scar tissue and then when i ran eventually ran across by the way this is a if, if you go to uh, my instagram i posted this on my instagram uh, this is me in high school, man. This is, uh, uh, Jordan, if we can go to my, uh, screen, this is me in high school, right? Morton West. You went to Friars West. Oh, I went to Fry's Morton West.
1: West.
0: Yeah. So here, here's my, my, here's my combine results. <laughs> <laughs> 4640 225 was what my one met rep, one rep, one rep, not even <laughs> vertical. So I, I was fast, I was somewhat fast and I was, I was somewhat explosive. Uh, this is a picture of me post-military. Um, this is when when, when I ran across you, right, Milton? Yeah. Right. This is me. This is that me. One. Yeah. Yeah. This is me in the This is me, uh, with my daughters in Cancun. And, um, I went to the gym and I said, Milton, I just need to get in better shape. I need to put my head down. I need to start feeling better about myself. I was dealing with a lot of, um, aches and pains, arthritis. I used to take a lot of, a lot of, uh, inflammation drugs. I don't take any prescription drugs today.
1: Zero. Matt, would you also, if, if you don't mind getting a little bit deeper with with, with, with that, um, were you also encountering some form of PTSD and mental health? Of
0: course, yeah. I mean, you know, like I'm, <laughs> how frustrated am I with you sometimes when I can't get to the gym and work out? Yeah. And then and then when I'm at the gym and I, my lower back is acting up, how pissed off that I can't carry on sometimes with the rest of the workout. Yeah. And like Milton pinned me. My my back is seizing up and. And you feel my back. It's all, it's all tense up. And you got, I, call him, I call Milton the people's elbow. But that's so freaking therapeutic for me, man, to go to the gym. And you're teaching me to eat right. And if I get the right foods, I get the right foods processed. I don't have preservatives. I don't have additional salt. Like, I mean, to this day, I still ask you, bro, I'm going to a new restaurant. What should I eat here? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm asking those to questions. This yeah.
1: well, to this day. Yeah. Uh, to this day, an author, uh, a millionaire, a father, a husband, <laughs> a guy who runs a company really, really well still comes to someone and asks for advice, extremely coachable. If you're not, this man is making seven figures a year, living the life that a lot of people wish they could be living, yet he's extremely coachable to certain areas of his life that he doesn't have a full grasp on. And if a man of his status can do that and be in the successful position that he's in, who are you to have that amount of pride not to be able to ask for help when you need it? A lot of people are scared to ask, man. A lot yeah. of people are too, pr- too proud to ask for help.
0: Listen. If if you want to get, if you want to get better, of course you're gonna ask for help. Pride will keep you from asking for help, thinking that you can do this all on your own. We need people. We need friends. We need relationships. We need people that can help us get to the next level. Um, you know. And and by the way, fast forward. This is this this is you working on my back. Uh, if you take a look at the screen, you know my my back wasn't looking like this. This is you working on my back, bro. Yeah. And this is after you you got done massaging me a- after yeah, that, that
1: post massage pump. Yep. Yeah.
0: Post was, and by the way, it's not a, a – no, and, and this, guys, this ain't no flex. You know, we're not flexing at all. All I'm saying is that I feel a lot better today. I'm going to turn 50 later this year. I feel better now at 49 years old than I did when I was 34, 35, post-military. Yeah. And I can run at my son. My son it's funny because she knows, looking at me outside the bedroom window, and she's like, Jordan's fast, isn't he? Because I'm saying goodbye to my son. My son he loves it when I chase him. My son, Psh, he takes off because he loves it when I chase him. And I'm running after him. He's, I'm on my knees when he was a baby. I was, I'm crawling on his knees. Remember when I first started working out together with you? Remember I could not get on my knees?
1: One of the most frustrating seasons of your life. <sighs> Very frustrating. You can feel the energy within you, just aggravated, annoyed, upset because of that. It's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. And yeah. We're still going strong.
0: It's still going strong because I want to get better. Yeah. I want to get better at this thing. I want to get stronger. I want to, get, I want to, get, I want to work on more flexibility. And I'm frustrated sometimes. Like I can't do certain exercises, but, man, I'm working at it. Um, which boils down to habits. So let's look at his next video about the three habits that can make you a millionaire.
2: Let's take a look at this. are the three habits that made you a millionaire at 23? Learning to say no. Not to girls, not to parties, not yeah. to plus 18. <laughs> because those things, they really distracted me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to control myself. Number two, I love to fail. I have Speak failed at almost yeah. every single thing in my life. And only the lessons that I've learned are worth billions and not millions. And number three is going to the gym and taking care of my health. Because it's health first, wealth, love, and then happiness.
0: By the way, this is for our first time looking at this video. Uh, by the way, the girl he's talking to across the way, beautiful. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. And for him to be in control, a man, a man that can manage his emotions, his discipline over his character. and Go places, man. It takes discipline to do that. But what's what's the flip side? The flip side is I want to sleep with every girl, I wanna hook up with every girl, I wanna to go to every party. And then you look up. Uh, by the way, I did that for ten years. And I look back and I said, you know what, what do I have to show for. I don't have any really solid friendships. I don't have barely any money saved in the bank. I've got nothing to show for, but got everything to owe for. And that's why I often say I paid my entire 30s for the mistakes of my twenties. What's your thoughts about those habits? Notice it wasn't about specific investing or, Nothing. you know, real estate or stock or crypto. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. It's, it's all right?
1: lifestyle, man. As a, as a man, if you have an, an, an immature mindset, women are going to be a, a massive distraction for you. And I'm my fault for that as well. I'm a, I'm a huge fault for that, which is why a couple weeks ago, I, I think you were telling me a story about PBD, how he was telling how he... I think he was it a year without any type of intimacy with a woman, (laughs) right? And then you also went a a long period of time without uh, any intimacy, whether it was by choice or voluntary.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any serious relationship for 14 years. Yeah, of course, I had my you know you know girlfriends here and there, but uh, it was nothing where where you know I was gonna get you know in my put my expose myself in a position of. By the way, there's just one girl one time, and uh, I cut it off with her. Because I, so I said, let me borrow your phone. Next thing I see on her phone, she's kissing some other dude. And I'm like, what's this? And she's like, that was an old picture. He just sent it to me. Okay, if he sent it to her, why do you have it still in your phone? Yeah. It's BS. I'm not, I'm not calm. Yeah, so anyway, I, I, I cut her off with her. And uh, anyway, a year later, guess what she has? Another kid with that guy. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, that could have been me. So I've dodged the bullet. You know? And I would have had three baby mamas, unmarried, I've been partying and had a great time temporarily. This guy at 23 years old, thinking long-term. The problem with most people, they're they're too short-term thinking. History favors those that think for the long-term. And uh, if you think in that manner, you're not gonna be able to look back in your life and say, you know what, I'm glad I made that decision. How many people love Facebook memories? I love Facebook memories. Some people hate that shit. I hate that shit. (laughs) (laughs) The only time to look back is to see how far you've come. Sadly, there's a lot of people out there with Facebook memories and their life is still the same financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. They're still the same, and their current status updates and posts justify why they are still today the same person they were five, six, seven, ten years ago. Listen, you should change, you should evolve. If you are really set on values and principles, they should be even more thought out, they should be even more clear. Or you should have gotten rid of certain people or certain values and principles that aren't working in those five, six, seven years. It shouldn't be the same person if you're still recognizable from five, seven, 10 years ago, there's something wrong there. Let's go to the next video. Uh, why modern men are scared of marriage. Let's take a look at this.
3: into a dream scenario. I don't know, man. Let's say you go to a car okay. dealership. You finally save up that money to buy, what's your dream car? Right now, J-Wagon. All right, you G-wagon. save up the quarter mil, 300K to buy one, right? Dealer tells you, hey, it's fucking impeccable, it's beautiful, it's this color that you've been wanting, you've been dreaming about it, etc. You buy it, but then you find out on the odometer that there's 100,000 miles on it. I know you was going to say that. How would that make you feel? <laughs> It's bullshit. You would feel duped, wouldn't you? Of course. Because other people drove the vehicle around and didn't pay as much <laughs> you set as you them did, up. right? Yeah. So why is it <laughs> that men are insecure on a woman's body count, but if you were to buy a brand new car, aka marriage, and that car was used, you would feel duped? Uh, stuck.
0: <laughs> they got nothing to say. They got nothing to say. There's, no, there's, there's, there's mileage on it, man. And, but the sticker price said brand new. So, I mean... What's, what's, what, why are modern men today scared of, of marriage? Is it this? Because of body count?
1: You know what, man? I, 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 can, I can say that I was probably one of those, well, still trying to work through it, Matt, uh, one of those shallow guys who was like, yeah, yeah, body count matters. But then I always get humbled by my, the women in my family. Like, mm. Why does it matter to you so much? Like, wh- why does it matter for men? Why does it matter that, you know, that women have an X amount of body count, but yet... Mm-hmm the men are allowed to go out and dick around as much as they want, Yeah, right? And as, as uncomfortable as that sounds, you know, then I have to question myself. Is that coming from a place of insecurity? Or, you know, what, 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 what place is that coming from? Is a woman who's been through 20, 30, 40 men not capable of loving someone, you know, once they meet someone? For example, I come across a woman today, fall head over heels for her. I feel like this is it. This, this is that. She meets every quality that I've ever wanted in a woman. Six months on the line, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to marry this woman. But turns out, she's been through X, an X amount of men. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the defining factor between me and being with someone that we mesh with, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's for that aspect. I, I could say maybe maybe a couple years ago, I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to be with someone who's been with X amount of people but then I have to kind of turn around and look at myself in the mirror and say, all right, well, what have you done? Where have you been? You know? And now is that more of a open-minded type of approach when it comes down to relationships? Or is that just me just uh, trying not to overcross any boundaries and speak on a woman's behalf?
0: You know, it's uh, uh, why, do, why, do, why are certain sports cards more valuable than others? The, the ones that are very valuable are one in one right one of one an rpa r- rookie, uh, rookie 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 patch on the uniform and an autograph one of one very special very rare card so what's more what's more valuable the very rare card one of one or one of one thousand or, or or ten thousand that's available out in the marketplace
1: but wouldn't that rare card
0: also want something that's rare as well uh sure absolutely they would that's why it's, it's by the way it's both sides yeah one thousand percent it's both sides so when, when you're looking when you're looking at your when you're looking at your life, um, like I told my wife, I said, "Sweetheart, going forward, I want you to judge me from after Christ, <laughs> not pre-Christ." <laughs> right? And I just gotta let you know my let you know all my stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because it's one thing to not know; it's one thing to be ignorant, and not know, and do what you do. But it's another thing to know, and still do what is against that knowledge once you receive it
1: would you say a lot of and we can speak about men i i, I feel kind of weird speaking on a woman's behalf again I, last time i checked this morning at 8 you're 8 still a man I'm, you I'm still, man. Identify? Yeah, yeah, I okay, still okay. identify as a man but at, <laughs> would you say that there's a lot of shit that us as men do not disclose to women no matter how deep we are into a relationship certain things of our past certain things we've done certain things we've acted upon said certain approaches we've had with other women would you say or at least for your experience would you say that there's a lot of, there's there's things that you know your 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 partner does not know about from
0: your past? Uh, Sheena knows, no, Sheena knows everything about my past. Yeah, the good, the bad, the ugly, she does. Yeah. Um, and the thing I tell her, she's like, well, Matt, how many sexual partners you I had? I say, sweetheart, I, listen. I, right. I can't, I can't, right. I can't number it. You know, it's because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, there's, and, and that's where you, I hope you have grace to forgive me. Yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. I just thought the way you validated yourself as a man was... Having a high body count. Yeah. You know, this might be my 20s. But once I got to know the Lord, once I got to know how God intended marriage to be, uh, how living together faithfully with one man and one woman, right? That, right? And when a man is with other women, it's called adultery. It's one of the commandments, it's one of the 10 commandments.
1: Yeah.
0: Because when you start diverting your energy and emotion and your loyalties and your commitments, yeah. you're not committed. Yeah. You're not loyal. And so, uh, you know, it's m- many scriptures in there. Now, I've been asking Rabbi Lappin, so what Rabbi King Solomon, who, uh, my, my biblical hero, he had, what, 600 wives and, and, and uh, 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 400 concubines. He had a thousand opportunities to yeah. have sex and he had multiple, you know, I mean, thousands of kids. And, and so, uh, you know, the argument is every civilization in the world is led with a man as a leader mm-hmm. and multiple wives. But what they don't say is the following. They've also ended that empire or that reign because of sexual immorality. Yeah. What happened to King Solomon, who's considered the wisest and richest king who ever lived? He started marrying women of different faiths and religions. He started worshiping their idols and what God said, man, I thought you had it, bro. Yeah. Now, now, now you're not your kids. are We're, we're going to divide between your sons. So he divided the wealth between the sons. And after that was the, the downfall of the golden age of the 40-year reign of King Solomon over the people of Israel because he had sexual immorality. What did his father do, by the way? King David. King David, had he looked upon his general's wife, uh, uh, Bathsheba. He said, oh, yo, what's up, girl? Coming to my chambers. He had sex with his general's wife. And then comes to find out she's pregnant. And what does he do to, to try to cover this up? Mm-hmm. He sends the general to war. Hey, man, come back because I want you to spend a night with your wife because I know you've been working really hard. And the general says, what are you talking about? My men are at war right now. My men are war right now. You talking about come back? I'm gonna sleep outside. I don't deserve to spend a night with my wife and sleep with her when my my men are in war. You see, no man he sends them out to war, puts them on the front line, gets them killed. Sexual sin, sexual immorality, yeah. and so you know. So th- these are the things that once you know about it. And by the way, there's not a man or woman without sin. But that's where you have to have grace and forgiveness. That's why you have to have God wrapped in your life because once you get, start getting away from values and principles and it's just about you or her, me you know, me, myself, my own image, remember, you're created in God's image. And the further you get away from God's image, you're in now in your image, which is a selfish, narcissistic image. And if you know that there's a plan for you, a purpose for you, a, a godly design for you, then that's the, the values and principles you want to follow. And when you deviate from that, that's when you run into a lot more problems. So, let's go on to the next topic here. Uh, Teachers Union recognizes drawbacks of remote learning, but hesit- hesitates to return on in-person schooling. Let's take a look at
2: this. Garden, do you agree that in-person learning provides the best educational opportunity for students? Yes. Do you agree that remote learning may exacerbate educational inequities, be detrimental to educational attainment, and worsen a growing mental health crisis in children. Yes. One of the worst side effects of prolonged school closures has been learning loss. Is a pandemic
3: associated with learning loss? Is that real? Well, yes, of course it's real. I agree with you, it has been. But what, but what...
0: So, that's the end of the video? Okay, so what people lose out is soft skills. So one thing i learned about algebra and solving that math problem it's anything to solve a problem when you have a problem with somebody else and that's what life is all about yeah yeah there's a math problem i can solve the algebra the geometry the trigonometry but when i have conflict with somebody else when i lose out here, here's some here's some essential soft skills that people lose out when you are remote learning or remote working yeah. number one teamwork you lose out on teamwork number two problem solving number three communication number four adaptability Number five, critical thinking. Number six, time management. And number seven, interpersonal skills. And I can't tell you how much our business has exploded in a positive way as soon as COVID ended. We did well when COVID was was uh, uh, was uh, 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 causing people to stay at home. And we we did Zoom, did, did Zoom, did, did Zoom. But as soon as we start able to come back to the office, boom, we came back to the office, our business is starting to boom right now, it can create an exponential of uh, 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 movement. Because people are in person and they're building their interpersonal skills all over again. Uh, Milton, what did you what What do you prefer doing? An online trainer only through an app, uh, or do people have a greater satisfaction with you as a trainer, the experience together with you when you're in person with them in, in in the gym and you're able to show them, adapt them, their techniques, and coach them along the way in person, live.
1: I like I like human interaction, man. I um, that, that that's one of the main reasons why I haven't gone the route of online coaching and just solely doing online coaching i have uh peers of mine who whenever just like you guys you guys Mm -hmm. have your annual conventions, major Mm -hmm. conventions yep us in this the fitness industry we also have conventions that we go to we connect we network and we have trainers who take their business online only online and these people are making 1.1 1.2 million dollars a month online coaching that's it Mm -hmm. but it's everything that everything that they provide for their clientele Mm -hmm. cookie cutter you know very generalized very you know just have this Here's this program that you can easily Google. Here's this workout program that you can easily also, also Google. Some of the list. Work, whatever it gives me, anything that a trainer provides to a client. To a client. But there's no hands-on. There's no connection. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no uh, relationship between the client and the trainer. Because the trainer is training over 1,000 people online, but there's no in- engagement. It's all automated. My
0: question for them, then, is client acquisition. So how do you acquire the client to go to your app to go to your website to be able to provide coaching online?
1: The influence that you've gained o- online. It's all through ads now. It's all automated. That's it. It's all
0: so ads. It's, so it's ads?
1: Ads, it's so, all ads.
0: So, so if they're making 1.2 million, one to $2 million a month, my next question then would be, what's your cost for client acquisition? Yeah. You know, What's the cost to, to, for example, a guy approached me about uh, starting uh, Amazon store. Hey, Matt, you got $100,000 in your credit card? Of course, of course I do. Let's start an Amazon store. Says, so, okay, so what do you need $100,000? So I need $100,000 for you to charge on advertising to come to your e-commerce store so therefore we can generate you know $150,000 in sales mm. a month. So wait a minute. I need to come up with $100,000 in advertising first to come up with $150,000 in sales so I can make th- a 30% profit. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Because the moment I stop, the moment I stop advertising, do I actually have a real business? Right. I don't.
1: That's, that, that, that's, um, that's something that's extremely trendy right now, especially in the fitness world. But all those people who are following, watching us and are in the fitness world or are considering getting someone online, Matt, like you have you have so many you have no idea how many gurus are on Instagram and Facebook who are posting ads, spending maybe about five hundred to three thousand dollars max, uh, unless you're making decent money. They probably spend mm-hmm. around ten, fifteen grand on ads that are pushing out, you know, these online trainings, these online coaching opportunities. And now a lot of these trainers are transitioning. They find one system that works for them, now all of a sudden they become the gurus that they get to uh they get to train trainers, something like mm-hmm. you know, what you guys mm-hmm. are doing this week. They go online, they tell the trainers, hey, are you tired of only making two, three grand a month? I found a system, or I have a blueprint that you can make anywhere between 10 to 30 grand in the next 60 days. People answer out to that. Now people pay them 16, 16 to 20 grand for, for their help for three months, yeah. And I've been pitched. I've been I've, I've been yeah. approached. Like, hey, man, look, this is how much we're making. This is how much this person's making a month. Mm-hmm. If you want to be able to leave your clients behind and say, fuck your clients and just go mm-hmm. online and create more time, because that, that's yeah. how they sell you. That's yeah. how they were trying to sell me. Yeah. Milton, aren't you tired of just seeing people on a daily basis? Aren't you tired? Of, uh, aren't you tired of the responsibility that you that you have with your clientele? What if you can just buy back all your time yeah. and you can literally work from your laptop as long as you have Wi-Fi from anywhere in the world and not give a fuck about anything that's going on? Yeah. Milton, true success is being able to buy back your time, which I agree, but if you want if, but if you want that success, I have the blueprint for you it will be sixteen grand for the for the next three months i'm going to show you how to build a system online mm-hmm. but again, as you said everything is everything has to do with relationship man everything yeah. if i'm not pushing out ads i'm not making money if i'm not pushing out ads i'm not getting clients mm-hmm. I need to be first need to be to, first need to be able to build a relationship and a base with clients in order for me to be able to have that exposure. what I have today i've been doing this since twenty 2009, 2010. It took me 12 years to be able to build this reputation of what I've gotten up to, sure. the, up to this day, yeah. 10 years. And now all, of these, all of these online people are preaching that in the next 30, 30, 30 to 60 days, you can make 30 to $40,000 a month yeah. in a short period of time based yep. through ads. Yeah, yeah.
0: but you got, yeah, you got to have a big bankroll. And by this, that was the same thing for me, insurance. If I put, I put five, $7,000 a month in direct mail, this is before you know, ads, yeah, yeah. five to $7,000 in direct mail, you get X amount of people to come to your dinner seminar to teach them financial concepts, and three, four, five of them might be, become your clients, so you can give $30,000 in process. So does it make sense to spend $7,000 in advertising to make $30,000 in, 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 uh, in revenue? So the short answer is yes. Yeah. But long term, eventually what I don't want to do, keep spending $7,000 a month.
1: Yeah.
0: I, you know, I wanna, I wanna uh, re, uh, redeploy that into jobs, I wanna redeploy that into infrastructure, I wanna redeploy that into new departments. I don't wanna be stuck on steroids. I wanna grow my business on an organic basis. And you know, the best businesses grow by word of mouth. And I can transfer, that. that, it's it's more of a saleable asset to also transfer that to to the next generation, to an investor, if that process um, uh, is more organic. Uh, Next one, Jordan Peterson, your job as a parent.
3: Your job as a parent is to make your child socially desirable by the age of four. Like you gotta, you, you want to burn that into your brain because people don't know that. That's your job, and here's here's why. You th- you th- it's it's easy if you think about it carefully. So you imagine, you've got a you've got a three year old child. So sort of halfway through that initial period of socialization, and you take that child out in public. Okay, what do you want for the child? Who cares about you? What do you want from the child for the child? You want the child to be able to interact with other children and adults so that the children are welcoming and smile and want to play with him or her. And so the adults are happy to see the child and treat him or her properly. And if your child's a horrible little monster because you're afraid of disciplining them or you don't know how to do that properly, then what they're going to do is they're going to experience nothing but rejection from other children and false smiles from other parents and adults. And that's, so then you're throwing the child out there into a world where every single face that they see is either hostile or lying. Uh, And that's not something that's going to be particularly conducive to the mental health or the well-being of your child.
0: Yeah, I I love it because, you know, that's why you got to tell your kids the the boundaries. And and, uh, because if you help your kids, and by the way, that goes back to interpersonal skills. Goes back to why remote learning doesn't uh, work long term. Uh, Because you miss out on those soft skills. What he's talking about is not teaching kids the ABCs. He's teaching his kids by the age of four soft skills, interpersonal skills. I'm trying to look here for a video of my son just jamming out here with his class because he was leading class at three years old, four years old on the months of the year, January, February, March. My kid was leading the class. Uh, uh, I want my kids to be a light in the classroom, not not a light when they leave the classroom. And so, uh, uh, you know, 100% true. Absolutely, Jordan Peterson. I love that. Is teaching kids how to get along with other people, uh, because what, what what what's all this crazy? Now we just had we had a shooting here, right in Allen in Texas, Allen. right?
1: Yeah, nine Al- people, right? R- r-
0: right? by our house, nine people t- killed. What's the reason why uh, we have mass shootings in a school? What's the what, if you drill it down to the core, people are feeling bullied, people are feeling isolated, people are feeling that they're not recognized and accepted for who they are. It all go back down to isolation and loneliness. If if you really boil all down these issues, why why does a man want to just like a woman? Why does a woman want, or just like a man, or or L G B T altogether? If you look at the core root of it, is because they feel accepted, just like gangs in Chicago. You may not have hung out with your with your with your family, but the gang accepted you, yeah. and amongst them, you are somebody. Sa- same type of situation here. By the way, I want to know what your thoughts about this. Where, where do you think all this stuff is coming from? Because you know the same the same gun that took out those nine people is the same gun that neutralized the killer. The same gun that neutralized the shooter. And, and the, the argument is going back and forth, should we eliminate gun, gun laws. Listen, it's, it's about here. The mental illness and the situations of America. And by the way, you want to add on top of that, these guys were also illegally, I think two of the three shooters were illegally in the country. So they've been arrested multiple times, they've been deported multiple times, and been still allowed to come back in the country and out commit crimes. But that's another conversation.
1: And, and Matt, a lot of it sounds as if it, it, it's more, it's coming from the household, right? They always say that it starts at home, it starts at home, it starts at home, it starts with the parenting. So from you, be, you know, being a being a parent already, and I, I guess you can say also mature to a man of you know, your status, and having kids at, at a broad range from a very young age, single digits, to now, I think Ruben's 28 years old, if I'm mm-hmm. asking, right? Yeah. You know? What are maybe like two, three principles that you would say to new parents or to current parents that they can implement into their child's life or to the way they live their lifestyle with their kids so that way they can ensure that the likelihood of their kids acting now going crazy on some certain level is, you know.
0: Yeah, wrong. for example, if, if you don't like the public school system, the other option is to either homeschool. Here, here's my concern with homeschooling. They're only gonna be with me, they're gonna learn from me, they're gonna be around people like me, they're not gonna be around uh, kids their age. I want them socialized around other children. The second part is competition. There's not like improving your skill set because you took an L. There's not like improving your skills because you got a C in a class or an F in a class. You want to improve your skills. I want my, my children to be exposed to uh, uh, competition. The, the, the air of that is also not only looking for perfection, but also looking for excellence. You'll never be perfect in my eyes. The only one perfect person in this world is a man they put on the cross and crucified. That's the only perfect man in the entire world. But the standard is improvement. The standard is getting better. And, and sometimes uh, uh, parents, they, they, uh, they're too overbearing. They, they want the kids to be perfect at school. So instead of the kid doing the school, I see that class all the time, brother. The, the homework is perfect. The display is perfect. The, the presentation is perfect. You know, they got to they show in front of the kids. I'm like, that kid didn't do that. The parents did that. So what are you teaching your kids? If I'm not going to do the work, my mom and dad are going to do the work, so therefore I look good. It's wrong, man. The kids got to take the blame and the reward and the recognition for when things go wrong and when things go wrong. Right. Let's go to the next one. Um, I've been a rich man and I've been a poor man and I chose this every time.
3: I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. (laughs) When I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch. He
0: threw it away. He's a wolf of Wall You listen
3: to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a fucking worthless loser? Yes. Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich.
0: Listen, man, I've I've had problems too as well. I've been bought on both sides and I have to agree. Maybe not in that. Particular demeanor throwing away a $40,000 watch, whatever the case would be. But, you know, back to this book that we were reading, Book of the Month. Imagine thinking big. It talks about excusitis, four biggest reasons why people have excuses of why they can't get something done. You know, people often, uh, from a biblical perspective, Matt, you know, you shouldn't be preaching getting rich because, you know, you're a Christian, right? You know, uh, G- God says, you know, the, the, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, in First Timothy, uh, it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil, not money being evil. Money is just a tool, money, money is, is, is an object, it's, it's, it's a tool. It can't be evil by itself. The use of it is evil, and the use of it is the user of that specific tool. And so the, the flip side to a, a prosperity gospel is also the poverty gospel, We shouldn't have anything. I'm talking about being right in the middle. You got enough to make sure you're taking care of your family, you got enough to make sure you're taking care of your children, you got enough to make sure you're creating generational wealth times in the Bible, how many different scriptures and Proverbs that King Solomon despised the word laziness? King Solomon, r- richest and wisest king we ever lived, despised the word laziness. Talking about the lazy man does not deserve to eat. If, if you don't work for your, your, your current existence, you don't deserve to be living off the, of other people, which is why I have a big problem with this whole Biden increasing the interest rates for people that have good credit and decreasing interest rates for people that have bad credit. It's opposite of this principle. And you're rewarding mediocrity. You're rewarding for you to be dependent upon somebody else. You don't become a millionaire, a first generation flow millionaire by depending on other people. You become a first generation uh, flow millionaire by having faith, by asking yourself to gain greater skills, to improve in different areas, to overcoming failures so therefore that you can become successful, so therefore you can be independent and not dependent. These are things that the path of getting rich and also money will expose your character at that point when you're rich when you're rich what will you do will you be a bigger giver or will you be more of a nasty person money's going to expose that but in the meantime get rich i highly suggest it i'd rather you have money in the bank for things that you want to do than not have money in the bank mm-hmm. all right so speaking of money in the bank Let's take a look at uh, this article here. Um, let, me go, let me go here to this. It uh, says six figure salary that the generation uh, of millennials and uh, a Gen Z. Survey conducted by uh, SkyNova found that young adults between the age of 22 and 35 would need to earn an average salary of 121000 a year to feel like they have, quote unquote, made it. With Gen Z aiming slightly higher and pinning at 124000 and millennials earmarking $120,000. These figures are significantly above the median income in America, which is $69,000, okay? Um, 58% of the two youngest generations of workers are unsatisfied with the current earnings, and when thinking about their desired salary, millennials and Gen Z are pushing well above the average with the desired pay package between $71,000 and 80000 The top paying professionals for young people are lawyers, securities, commodities, and financial services sales agents Web developers, web developers, architectural and engineering managers, and software developers. Well, I'll tell you this, Milton. When I was in my 20s, I became a financial services person. And I made more money than my peers. They made money initially in the first few years because I had to build up my business. But by the time I turned 30, I was making well above them. So uh, it's interesting how um, people in, in, uh, in this age group are well surpassed. I mean, is, what do you think? Is that misguided? Is that something that's off base? Is it uh, too over over, over? Stepping their, their current uh, maturity rate. What's your thoughts on is you're a millennial. I definitely am
1: uh, One of the things that I've, that, that I've noticed with uh, a lot of these uh, Pay scales and these careers are happening nowadays uh, the, the, well, the careers are they're up and coming If you want to make good, good money from from again from the trends that I've been seeing from from what we have right now Our society met Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on right now in our society. What's up, up and coming? One of the biggest things is 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 uh, web developing, uh, web, web developing, and software developing. Everything's going on with AI. A lot of people are literally grabbing that by the horns and running with it full speed. And AI is literally, if you're doing it the correct way, if you're doing it the correct way, you know what steps to take. You already have an idea on how to run a business, how to run your business in your industry. Applying a some form of artificial, you know, AI into your business and knowing how to take the step by step, it can literally Take your business to the next level, and a lot of these, you know, careers that have been pushed on, pushed up on us for for years, like the nursing, the police officer, the, you know, the the CDLs, and the te- being a teacher and being a cop, being a firefighter. I, I feel like a lot of those are starting to become very back then versus what's up and coming now when it comes down to the financial aspect of it. Because you don't see a lot of teachers making over $50,000, 60000 a year.
0: And yet they spend $100,000 on their master's degree to, to, get, to get a teaching you certification know, all that.
1: You don't see a lot of police officers you know, capping out at over $80,000 a year. And that's, a, and that's in a good neighborhood. You know, you still see a lot of these police officers making around $45,000 a year, risking their lives on a daily basis. Firefighters making around maybe $50,000, $60,000 a year, running, r- running the risk of getting killed every, every single day mm-hmm. or every single time they get a call from for a fire sure. or some type of explosive. You know, and, you know, keeping up with our society and what's going on worldwide, you would see that a lot of these online things are the ones that are starting to take off when it comes down to, again, once again, web development and software development and your industry the financial the financial aspect yeah. the, the insurance industry you you that's one thing that stuck to my uh, that's uh stuck to me milton you need to be able to find something that not only is it recession proof but now also pandemic proof and yep. for some reason, those two things have always stuck to me what's what can i do for the rest of my life that could be pandemic proof and recession proof and if i'm currently not in that field how can i create what i have to become those two things that you continue consistently preach to your staff and to your agents.
0: And if you're, if you're, and by the way, there's nothing wrong in wanting that, you know, but I just think it's kind of uh, misguided uh, thing that in your twenties and thirties, some employer with you having no experience is going to pay 120,000. Uh, I was sitting down the, the, the chief information officer for a very, uh, for a top 50, uh, top 50 S and P 500 company, right? One of the top 50 companies in America publicly traded sat down with the CIO, chief information officer. Everything about uh, IT goes through his office. He's in charge of it. He, he reports to the CEO. This guy's making a quarter million dollars a year. This guy's an MBA. 30 years in corporate America before you start making a quarter million dollars a year. So, so if, you're, if you're thinking that you want to be on a track in your 20s and 30s and make 120 dollars $150,000 a year, consider one of these careers that, just, uh, that this article mentioned. And by the way, I picked, without a college degree, I picked the financial services sales agent. I became an insurance agent. And so I made my $100,000 without a college degree with a 2.2 GPA because I learned how to sell financial products and services. And the clients that we are having today are very satisfied and happy because we're safe money strategy type people. They haven't lost a dime in the market. And when real estate and mortgage licenses help people in their best of financial times, an insurance license helps people during their worst financial times. And so you you gotta figure out which which side of the the coin you wanna be on. And, uh, and that's the benefit of being in business for yourself. You're looking at two guys here on this podcast, they're not working for somebody. We're working for ourselves, which leads me into my next topic. According to this article, the traditional capitalist system based on transactional approaches and contracts has limitations in times of crisis. Rabbi Lord Sachs argued that a conventional approach based on bonds of loyalty and trust can transform and benefit everyone involved in the long term. Conventional capitalism about creating meaningful relationships between business and people. Faith and business are inextricably linked. Religious principles, such as ensuring economic prosperity through brotherhood and shared values, form the foundation for economic institutions. Creating a conventional capitalism that works for everyone requires a recommitment to these principles and investing capital, time, and effort. And that's why it's faith-made millionaire, brother. And uh, I'm glad an arc like this exposed the fact that once you v- gravitate away from just being transactional, it's based on values and principles. How many times do people today trust a handshake business transaction versus saying, man, put it on paper? Yeah. Because today, people's word isn't bond anymore. Uh, I mean, if you look at any of these movies uh, from the chivalry days, people got killed because they come through there with a the word. People put their lives on the line I mean, if you just look at any, uh, uh, I was just watching uh, 300 the other day. It's a good movie. You either uh, either come back with your shield or on it. Yeah. In other words, you you devote your life to you coming through. Either you won or you lost. Either come back with your shield because you won, or you come back on your shield because you lost. What's your thoughts on this?
1: I was looking at a Bible verse, uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 uh, 9 through 12. uh, And it reads, two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. But woe to the one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And I, th- I think it, it goes hand in hand with, with, with what you just spoke on. Um, being able to be in business with someone that you trust and being able to have some, some form of principles and values um approaching the business together and having the same vision mission together to be able to be be there for one another and you know it's a time of loss or a time of gain Yep. and nowadays as you said it's it's extremely hard to be able to find someone or have someone in your corner or in your network that you can genuinely trust full on without again i need this on paper yeah because there's no trust there's 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 that line that a lot of people just don't want to cross anymore
0: and and if if you come through at least have documentation to sue you bring in court correct which, by the way, is not the Christian way or faith-based way to overcome conflict. Uh, 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 you're, you're talking about scripture. I looked at one of, two, one of my favorite ones. Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. How can one chase a thousand, and two put 10,000 to flight? So in other words, one can set flight to 1,000, but two can set flight to 10,000. Exponential math if their rock and values and principles are on the same foundation. So, so for some of you, I, I wonder out there, I, I, how has capitalism gotten away? Capitalism has changed my life. Capitalism changed this guy's life. Capitalism allowed me to pay my guys last month over $1.6 million in commissions and fees. Cop, capitalism allowed this kid that's got no pedigree, immigrant family from the Philippines, 2.2 GPA, Morton West High School, Proviso West High School. Why are you right now not dependent on church, charity and government or other friends and family? Why? Capitalism because it allowed me to have economic mobility to go from broke to balling. Zero to at least hero to my kids, hopefully. Mm. nothing to something. Capitalism. And here's the thing with capitalism. It's free to buy, free to sell. Free to win, but also free to fail. And it's the failure part that all people don't want to hear about. It's the failure part that people, ah, we need to have a soft link. It's the failure part that people say, we need participation trophies. But that's not the way life works it's either you win or you lose and through your losses you have to find ways to win and uh the thing with capital the thing with capital the opposite is gravitating towards socialism and communism where socialism is saying okay milton since i didn't make enough sales this week to pay my bills uh, i need to take money out of your sales to make sure i pay my bills fair Go- communism says the government says oh Milton you are now directed to help Matt with his bills because he couldn't pay his bills so now we're gonna force money out of your business which we own by the way to help Matt pay his bills you, you okay you, you okay with that you cool that's bullshit man <laughs> is, um, yeah. that's it 100% uh, speaking of which what are they teaching now in schools let's look at this next article teachers unions in an in indoctrination to hate capitalism nation Nation Hate Capitalism. So uh, a Colorado Education Association pasted paste this, and uh, they're putting through a resolution that they require the exploitation of children's schools, land and labor and resources as an opposition to fully addressing systematic racism, climate change, patriarchy, education inequality, and income inequality. The resolution is part of a nationwide effort by teachers' unions to push leftist, ideologies rather than actual instruction so in other words instead of teaching our kids plus minus abcs science engineering medicine stem legal now they're pushing into indoctrination if you and i believed that syst- uh, systemic racism couldn't exist i mean has there been uh, uh times where i felt because i was brown i wasn't getting a deal or i was no i felt because i wasn't good enough that i wasn't getting a deal because I didn't have the right skills or right marketing or right way to educate people. Not because of the color of my skin, not because of where I grew up, not because of my parents, because of me. What opportunities do we have today that anybody can't have in America, in, in this current age? It yeah. may, may have happened maybe 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, but what opportunities today, use of the internet, use of AI that people today can't build a business from scratch and make $100,000 a year, replace a full-time job so they can get the 40, 50, 60 hours a day where they were dedicating to a mm-hmm. boss back to them. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this?
1: People want it easy, man. And, and people want something to blame. People want something to consistently blame. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to speak on systemic racism personally. I, uh, th- there's a lot of background when it comes down to that in, in events that I've part that have taken place in, in Chicago when I was, uh, heavily involved in certain community outreach, mm-hmm. uh, programs. So I need, I need to be very cautious of what I say on that aspect. But honestly, man, like it's, you know, what? I think the reason why I don't want to speak on it because I know I myself was in that, in that position one, at once where I was I was always playing the victim. You know, woe is me. I don't have this because of that. Uh, I don't have this because of the way I was brought up. You know, I didn't get the same opportunities that XYZ person got, got. I failed at this because of that. I even blamed my school system I and mean, it was a shitty school system. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, at, at some point you need to be able to take some form of ownership and yeah fine you know maybe you didn't get the deal because of your skin color okay great well, what can what can you do you know what what other options can you take or maybe you, maybe you didn't get the the opportunity because of the way you speak or the background that you have or the neighborhood they grew up in or because of the parents that you have or whatever whatever the case may be or whatever it is it may be but i think you need to be able to be in charge of your own steps you need to be able to be in charge of creating and opening doors for yourself not yeah. expecting other people to open doors for you just because of your situation your race your position your yeah. sex your your background your educational level you're in charge of that and if again if you are founded and you're rooted in god knowing that knowing that god is who he is you know that those steps and those doors are going to open for you, but you need to be able to take that first step. You need to, st- you need to stop waiting on God and start moving forward because God's not going to move unless you move. God's waiting on you to take that first step. And as long as you keep saying, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, you're not going to see any fruit in your life.
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's a very easy way to say, you know what, I'm not getting the job because of, of this, my education. My, I, I get it from certain technical areas. Yeah. But, you know, when, when somebody say, I mean, May is Asian American Pacific Islander Month. This month, yeah. AAPI month. I've been invited to the White House a couple years in a row to speak on behalf of the AAPI in terms of financial education and, and economic empowerment. And uh, they said, hey, Matt, did you ever think that you've been invited to WISE because you're a top uh, Filipino entrepreneur? And you know what my initial answer was? Even at the White House, I said, my goal wasn't to be a top Filipino entrepreneur, Asian American Pacific Islander. My goal was to be a top entrepreneur, mm. <laughs> period. Yeah. I don't care about AAPI uh, this, this as much as I love being Filipino as much as I love being an Asian American Pacific Islander that type of community. I don't care how somebody labels me. I just want to know I am good enough to compete in the marketplace. That I'm going to out, out improve, I'm going to out work, I'm going to out strategize and I will outlast. I just want to know I can compete with the best of the best. That's my wiring. And so, and how how to get that wiring? One last thing we're going to cover here. We've been uh, referencing books. What's one thing parents can do to help their kids more? Let's look at this article, uh, 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 Jordan. Most parents want to be an example for the kids. Read more. Read to them. Parents chose from an average of three books in their children's bedtime reads collection, and most parents want to set an example for the child by reading more to them, 83%. While most kids' bedtime stories consist of fairy tales and adventure books and others offer non-traditional stories such as informational books or historical books. One of my favorite things to do when my kids were young, Milton, to also make sure I got my reading in, Sorry, kids, time to go to bed. Here's the book we're going to read. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. This is an employee, kids. This is self-employed. And this is a business owner. The kids were giggling. They have no clue what I'm reading. But they... Feel my enthusiasm. They feel my excitement about the topic. And I'm getting my reading. And this is an investor. You want to be an investor? I want to be an investor. You want to be a business owner? Business owner? You want to be an employee? Right. So I was excited about. It. Here is you know the power of positive thinking, kids. So I'd make a fairy tale type of delivery to a nonfiction book. Mm. So therefore, my kids got fed that language and the excitement in me reading to them. And right now, uh, 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 my kids know this. If you want to do something in my house, my currency in my house growing up is reading books. Uh, you, wanna, you want your friends over? You want to play video games? You want money for uh, Roblox or whatever case would be great. Did you read? Great. By the way, reading is there's no reward for that. But if you write me a report, ten dollar reward. If you give me a verbal presentation about what you read, what your biggest takeaways were, and you present it to me, because I'm, I'm teaching my kids public speaking and being in front of me and, and pitching it to me, it's twenty bucks. And you get favors around the house. Doing your chores, no no reward. You read a book, no reward. But if you give me a report, and by the way, JoJo's got a bunch of
2: reports.
0: We're having a conversation with a kid today. Uh, uh, How how do you feel about uh, reading with your your peer group? How do you feel about what's going on in society? What what do you guys talk about in school? What do you talk about with your friends? Do you guys talk about politics? He goes, yeah, sometimes. I was expecting to say say no. You talk about politics? Yeah, You do. Well, what about? Well, Dad, by the time I bring up politics and what's going on, what's going on in the community today, I shut them down. They don't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know why? Because JoJo, compared to other 12 year olds, are more read up on a particular subject and he has a stronger position of why he feels what he feels and how he can sell that argument to people that don't have that uh, mm. a particular viewpoint. I said I, at, I said, I looked at she and I said, babe, he's going to be a lawyer. She's like, he's going to be whatever he wants to be. So yeah, <laughs> but I think he's going to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great negotiator. So Milton, episode 19, what, what are your final thoughts, brother, as we set off to go into uh, uh, episode 20 for next week?
1: Next week should be a good show. Um, and once again, as I've always come forward on social media, stay informed, stay persistent, don't lose hope. If you fall, stand up once again. Fall on your foundation, We should be God above all things. Put God first, second, and third above all things in your business, personal life, relationships, and, and everything that you do and everything that you say. And you're going to see the fruit in your life each and every single day. That rhymed. I should be a poet. Come on, baby. Come on, baby.
0: That's it, man. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, too, as yeah. well. Uh, this is an awesome journey. Uh, by the time we have next uh, uh, week's uh, episode, uh, we're doing a couple of things um, here in the community, too. So we're going to have a cigar event May 24th here in the uh, uh, North Dallas area. We'll give you more details, but it's going to be a Cigars, Wealth, and Whiskey event May 24th. So if you are around locally, we'd we'll love to meet you there uh, at the Cigars, Wealth, and Whiskey event here May 24th. Drop us a DM. It's going to be here in North Dallas. Uh, we're firming up the location. Uh, the details are going to be released here by next week's uh, podcast. With that being said, guys, train-to-train train is on right now. 3,000 of our guys here from across the country are in Dallas. And uh, we're just like, very excited to help people from a personal finance standpoint, help people start their own businesses, uh, and help people improve their financial literacy and financial education. So with that being said, I'd love to know your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your feedback. Please put it in the comment section below. If you haven't done so already, make sure you please subscribe to the Millionaire Goals Podcast. We'll see you next week, episode 20. With that being said, till we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be mighty smart, smart today. today.